Now let me begin by asking you guys a question. Have you ever been starstruck? Have you ever been starstruck? You know, we live in New York City, and the chances of running into a famous person like an actor or a celebrity or a sports star, you know what? They're pretty high, right? They're, they're pretty high. So let me ask you guys a question by a show of hands. How many of you ever run in your life, you've ever run into a celebrity or someone that you like really admire? Anybody show of hands? That's almost everybody here. You guys have run into somebody, right? So it's so funny. Let me tell you guys a story. One day I was having lunch with a bunch of uh, church plants or friends or whatever at a Dunkin' Donuts on Broadway here in Bushwick out of all places. And we were just hanging out just outside the Dunkin' Donuts when these two ladies, they come up to us and they start saying, they're like saying hi, like really excited. They're like jumping up and down. And one of the ladies begins to point at one of the guys and she's like, I know you, I know you. You're, you're that guy, you're from that TV show and, and, and you came out in that movie, right? It's you, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. It's you, right? That's you, right? Of course, uh, much to that lady's surprise, no, he was not a famous actor who just so happened to be having coffee with me in Bushwick at a Dunkin' Donuts out of all places. But it was just so funny to see her reaction because she really thought he was a celebrity. She genuinely thought it was this guy. So just to see her reaction. How about you guys? How have you reacted when you've seen that celebrity? When you've seen that person that you really admire? Did you get all crazy? Did you jump up and down? And did you yell? Did your palms get sweaty? Did your heart skip a beat? Or are you a little bit more like me? You know, you try to play it cool. You know, and you're, you're trying to, and you're having like a debate within yourself whether or not to go and ask them for a selfie. But come on, you know, we're all scared. Yeah, we're too scared too, right? At least that's me. I'll tell you guys about a time when I was so close. I was so close to doing it. And I'll tell you about another time that I just couldn't resist. In 2016, right, I was blessed with some tickets to to a Knicks game. And those of you that know me, you know that I love basketball, though I really don't have much time to watch it these days. But I really do enjoy basketball. And so these tickets were amazing because, uh, not just because of the seats, but they came with pregame seats, right? And so with these seats, you can actually go early before the game starts, sit all the way in the front, you know, almost on the, you can touch the court, and then you can watch these Knicks players warm up and shoot around. And I had those seats. I was right there before the game starts. There I was, just a couple feet away from these basketball stars. Man, I could feel the sweat dripping down, their sweat dripping down my face. That's how close I was, dripping all over me. I was like, yeah, I sweat all over me, Carmelo, right? And I was there watching the game. I was so close. I could have I taken a picture. I could have... I could, have, I could have asked for a selfie. That's how close I was. But instead, I did this. Show this picture. I have a picture there. Uh, I, ju- I just, I was a coward. I just started snapping. I was zooming in, trying to get real close. And I was just grabbing that shot right there, trying to get the shot of them as much as I could. I chickened out, right? But there's another particular celebrity that I saw, and I simply could not pass up. This guy is amazing. Guys, he's a hero to me. I've seen every single one of his movies. I, I own all of, the, all of his movies. I've seen his movie a gazillion times. And growing up, I saw his show on TV. I collected as much memorabilia about him as I could as possible. So when I saw him, I just couldn't pass the opportunity. He's amazing. I have a picture up there. You guys can see this here. So when I saw him, I, I just couldn't pass. Guys, I couldn't pass the opportunity. Of, it was the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I just couldn't resist, guys. He was a hero. But, you know, it's so funny, guys. You know, as a... As a society, right, we, we really do have a sort of celebrity culture, right, where we elevate some over others. And those people are the trendsetters. The, we believe that, we believe whatever they say and we hold on to every word. And honestly, guys, if we're honest with ourselves, in a lot of ways, this can even creep into church culture, can it? Where we can elevate a pastor or we can elevate a leader to a point where we look up to them so much and we hang on to every word. Which is why perhaps so often we're hurt 
when a leader lets us down, we've looked up to them and they let us down because after all, pastors are just people too and they're entitled to their mistakes as well, aren't they? So guys, we've been in this series called Fake News where as a church, we've been walking our way through the book of Galatians. And we said the big idea of the entire book of Galatians is this, is there in your notes, you can fill in the blanks, is that Galatians was written by Paul to the churches in Galatia to remind them of the true good news. That's the whole reason why Paul wrote the book of Galatians. You see, a false gospel or an erroneous branch of the gospel had infiltrated the churches in Galatia. And there were certain leaders that had confused the true gospel message, which is that we're saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. And they kind of infiltrated that gospel message with their own thing. They said, yeah, 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 that's, that's good. That's definitely right. But you know what? You also have to do this. You also have to do something else on top of that. Now, for this particular sect, their belief was that specifically tied to an Old Testament procedure that, fellas, affected you and would have affected me back then. And that is, in order to be part of the family of God, men had to be circumcised. Circumcised. Now, that circumcision was a sign of God's promise, and it was a covenant with the Jewish people. But Jesus came and he fulfilled the law entirely. And his life, his death, his resurrection fully satisfied God's demands. And, and now whoever puts their faith in Jesus can experience forgiveness of sin and newness of life and the promise of eternity with Jesus. The work, like, like Zberios was saying last week, the work was complete. It was finished in Jesus. The law was fulfilled in him. Now in today's passage, Paul is going to help us see that the gospel is no respecter of persons. Unlike us, we, we kind of hold high esteem a certain celebrity or a certain person over another. The gospel is no respecter of persons. And it is just as easily accessible to whoever would receive it regardless of who you are, where you come from, your skin color, or how much money you've got in the bank. It doesn't matter. It really is no respecter of persons. Now what you guys are going to notice today, there's no number one, two, and three. It's one phrase. It's one big idea with three fill-in-the-blanks. So that's kind of how we're going to do it today, a little bit different. The first fill-in-the-blank is this. This is what you're going to see in your notes. The first thing that we learn from this passage is that the gospel is the great equalizer. The gospel is the great equalizer. Look at what it says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 6. Paul says this. Now from those recognized important, check out kind of his sarcasm here, what they once were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to me. Now guys, we have all sorts of rules of engagement when it comes to how we interact with people depending on their social standing, right? We're starstruck with celebrities, we're respectful to authority, and we don't curse uh, when we're around pastors, right? At least that's what I've heard, that's what I've been told, I don't know. But we have all sorts of division. In culture where it seems there's a way that we give special treatment to some over others. And this can even trickle down to how we view our church leaders. Uh, one thing is to give honor and to respect to someone. Another thing is to idolize and worship them. You know, apparently within the early church there was an issue where uh, some were recognized as more important than others. And it seems that some of these religious leaders that were held in high esteem by the churches in Galatia may also have been some of the very ones that were teaching that false gospel, telling Gentile Christians that they must be circumcised in order to truly be saved. But I love the attitude that Paul writes with here. Here's what it says. If you read into the Greek, if you translate it really from the original language, he says this, I don't give a rip who those celebrity pastors are. That's what it says in the Greek. They're nobody to me. They don't validate me. They don't validate my ministry. God does. They didn't give me the gospel. Jesus did. God does not show favoritism. 
You see, Paul is teaching us here that the gospel is the great equalizer. We might have favorites. We wrongfully elevate some over others. We may treat some unfairly or favor someone over someone else, but not God. Under the banner of Jesus, we're all the same. You see, guys, before Jesus, we're all sinners in desperate need of a Savior. Under the banner of Jesus, all who accept His work on the cross can experience His love and can experience His mercy and can experience His grace. Under the banner of Jesus, we're all equal. The gospel is the great equalizer. The second fill in the blank, you notice this, the gospel is the great equalizer that gives us all access to Jesus. Gives us all access to Jesus. Galatians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8 says this, On the contrary, they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel for the uncircumcised, just as Peter was for the circumcised. Since the one at work in, in Peter for an apostleship to the circumcised was also at work in me for the Gentiles. Now, this was good news for the believers in Galatia, because it meant whether they were born a Jew, that's who he talks about, the circumcised, or they were born Gentile, that's the uncircumcised, under the banner of Jesus, everyone had equal access to him. And this is good news for us, because it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're rich or poor, if you're black, white, Latino, live in the city or in the suburbs, if you're tall or short, you're fat or skinny, you're hairy or bald, it doesn't matter. We're all sinners in desperate need of Jesus. And we all have access to Jesus who can forgive us of our sin and bring us close to God. And this doesn't make, this doesn't make sense, guys, in the world that we live in. Because we don't see it modeled anywhere else. Think about it. Guys, a person born in the slums of India to an impoverished family at the bottom of the caste system over there does not have the same opportunity as someone who's born into a rich family living in a penthouse in Midtown Manhattan. You guys see this, right? The kid in Midtown has access to way more stuff and way more privilege than the kid in the slums, right? And it's kind of like when you go to the bank. If you go to the bank, have you ever gone to the bank when it was closed? Right? You go and you open the door, you think they're open, but you're either too early or too late. And you can't get in. You want to use the ATM. You want to get money out, but you can't. So what do you have to do to access the bank? You got to have what? You got to have a card. You got to have a credit card or a debit card. You need that bank's card. Without it, you can't have access to the bank. But with it, even when the bank is closed, you can have access to all the millions that you guys have in checkings, right? But before Jesus, access to God was cut off by our sin. Our sin eternally separated us from God. But because of God's great love for us, access was provided. An opportunity to experience the forgiveness of our sin, the promise of an eternity away from a world full of pain and hurt and tears and heartache in the presence of God and the restoration of all things. We, are, we have that access made to us through Jesus. And the gospel is the good news that tells us that we have access to Jesus. And listen, guys, it doesn't matter your economic background. It doesn't matter your race or your ethnicity. It doesn't matter if you live in a house, a condo, apartment, or homeless. If you have a PhD, a GED, or you're a dropout, it doesn't matter. You have access to Jesus. You have an opportunity to respond and receive God's free gift of grace in Christ Jesus. Now guys, how relevant is this to, for us here in Bushwick specifically, in this neighborhood, in this community, where there is such a clash of cultures? 
in our community, can you see how this is relevant for us in our neighborhood where old and new Bushwick collide? Where in our community there's a tension, there's a, a cultural divide. The gospel confronts that head on because the gospel is the great equalizer and it shows everyone's sinfulness and it calls everyone to repentance. No matter who you are, we all have access to Jesus. The gospel is the great equalizer that gives us all access to Jesus. Here's the third fill in the blank. Creating beautiful diversity in the kingdom of God. Galatians 2.9 says this, that when James, Cephas, and John, those recognized as pillars, acknowledged the grace that had been given to me, they gave me the right hand of fellowship to me and Barnabas, agreeing that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Now, guys, I don't know if you know this, but the kingdom of God is huge. It's way bigger than you or I could even fathom or imagine. And I love the fact that there is such a huge diversity in the kingdom of God. And I don't just mean ethnic diversity. Of course there's that. But there's diversity even in things like philosophy of ministry or expressions of the local church. In other words, how we do church. There's different. There's diversity in that as well. You see, Paul says here that, Paul, that Peter, James, and John, they were all pillars of the early church. They gave him the right hand of ministry, the right hand of fellowship. What does that mean? It means that they gave him the okay. They gave him the blessing to go and do ministry. They acknowledged that the Lord gives different giftings and that God calls and equips people in different ways to ultimately, but ultimately for the same purpose, which is what? To bring glory to God ultimately in all things. And they drew the conclusion that perhaps Peter, James, and John, maybe they were a little better equipped, maybe they were a little more gifted to bring the gospel to the circumcised, in other words, to the Jews. But Paul had a different grace. He had a different gift mix. And they, they, it seemed that it made him a little better equipped to reach Gentiles. Did you guys see that? But it was all used using their specific gift mixes, their calling to reach two different people, but it's one kingdom. Now, it doesn't mean that they never branched out to or spoke with or ministered to each other's group. But think about it. For, for a Jew who grew up religiously following the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, do you think that do you think the way to share the gospel with them would be different than a Gentile who, was, who maybe was brought up in a pagan culture or a godless culture? Would there be differences in that? Absolutely, of course. But the gospel creates beautiful diversity within the global church. From diversity in ethnicity and culture, of course, diversity in language, and yes, even styles of worship and ministry. Listen, some churches lead their worship through hymnals and with an organ. Others use a choir. Some have a full band, and others have a DJ with subwoofers. You know, it's all different kinds. Some churches have food pantries. Other ones get, help, help people get their GED or teach ESL classes. Some march in, in the Bushwick Puerto Rican Day Parade. I'll tell you guys a little bit more about that later. Some teach through books of the Bible, and others teach topically. But they all function at a capacity that brings glory to God because the gospel creates beautiful diversity in the kingdom of God. Now here's what I truly believe, Swerve. Let me talk to your hearts real quick. Here's what I believe. I believe that God has uniquely wired us to be a place that can bridge certain culture gaps within our community and our neighborhood and neighborhoods like Bushwick. I believe that God has called us to put the gospel on display 
and to show our neighbors and the world how Jesus reconciles races, how he is no respecter of socioeconomic differences, and how he brings diverse cultures together. Swerve, what do you think? I think he's called us to do this. I think he's wired us to do this. Where else in Bushwick, guys, look around in this room. Where else in Bushwick do you see what we see in this room right now? Listen, not our parks, not our schools, not the library, not even the bars do a good job at doing what we're doing right here, right now. Swerve, we have the opportunity to put God's love on display unlike Bushwick has ever seen before. Why? Because of Jesus. Because the gospel is the great equalizer that gives us all access to Jesus, creating beautiful diversity in the kingdom of God. And as a church, we can put the gospel on display. We can show our community, we can show our neighbors what the gospel does. Now, if you're here today and you've yet to surrender to your life to Jesus, this one that gives you the true good news, then I want to invite you, I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. Now, it's a decision between you and God to, 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 to invite or to accept the, the perfect work of Jesus on the cross and what he's done for you, his, his life, his death, his resurrection, to experience the forgiveness of sin and newness of life. That's a decision between you and God. I want to encourage you to make that decision if you haven't yet. Do you have access to Jesus? If you haven't done so, surrender your life to him today. And the way you can let us know on the back of that connection card, there's a way that you can check that off and let us know. And as a church community, as your church family, we want to celebrate with you, want to encourage you. We want to put a Bible in your hand if you don't have one. But I encourage you, if you're here today, you've yet to make a decision to follow Jesus, do so today. Because no matter who you are, doesn't matter your background, your skin color, how much money you have in the bank or in your wallet right now, it doesn't matter. You have access to Jesus today. And I encourage you to do so. Would you guys pray with me? God, thank you that the gospel is the great equalizer, which shows us that no matter our socioeconomic status, our race, our culture, our background, it shows us that we all need Jesus and that we are all sinners in desperate need of a Savior. And that Savior is you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we all have access to Jesus, that Jesus is all-inclusive, that you are ready, willing, and able to forgive and sanctify and redeem anyone who puts their faith in you. God, thank you for the beautiful diversity in your kingdom. Your kingdom is bigger than we could ever imagine. Lord, I pray that you would make Swerve radiate this beautiful diversity in our community and that our neighbors would see the gospel on display and lived out through our church family. And may it all bring you glory and honor. In Jesus' name.